This is the LSC Sports Business Group podcast. Welcome to the LSC Sports Business Group podcast. In this episode, I spoke to men's football club captain, Jamie Osram. We spoke about a number of things from how it felt to be back at the sports ground in Berryland to how he is personally managing to keep the club united and content, despite many of its new members having not actually met each other. We had this conversation about a month ago, prior to the national lockdown, so the events that we discuss were indeed within government guidelines. Before we continue with the podcast, I thought I'd mention that both Jamie and I are taking part in Movember this year, uh, as we have done for the past couple of seasons. If you aren't aware, Movember is a month dedicated to men's mental health, in which those who choose to grow or attempt to grow moustaches as a sort of signal to those around. It's a wonderful charity, one that I know Jamie and I feel very close to, and if you would like to donate, do visit the Movember UK website and search for the LSC Men's FC. Moving on. I didn't actually expect to be playing football necessarily this term. I think we've been quite lucky that it's something we're allowed to do. Um, and it, it's, it feels so good to get back to Barry Lines um, to play. And look, the new, the new freshers are great. Um, some really good players this year. So, yeah, I think... Great. I think I'm sure you feel the same way about that. It it does feel like something of a loophole being around so many people. Yeah, it, it is. It is strange how you, you can't really um you can't really go to the pub with, with seven of you, um but you're allowed to go out and play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah. you know, it's it's brilliant because I think you know most of us have been, um, you know, had had three or so months of of proper lockdown, and then for the past six months haven't been doing as much sport as we'd like. So to get yeah. back on the pitch and to have that fresh air and to play and get the exercise is brilliant for both your your, your physical and mental well-being. So I think we're all really happy with how it's going, um, even if the results aren't what we wanted. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's the, one, that's the next, thing, next thing to address, I guess. Uh, as, as for being club captain, how are you finding the sort of the new conditions? How are you sort of responding to, you know, the various sort of restrictions and barriers? Yeah, so, um, yeah, obviously um, the role... Is slightly different to what it's been in the past, probably. Um, you know, it's something I've really enjoyed doing, and I'm, I'm really happy that I've got the position. But obviously, it's been pretty challenging, and a lot of work went in in the summer to to make it all happen. Uh, basically, every part of the club was disrupted in some way because of COVID. I mean, if you look at the budget, our budget was cut, um, the leagues were cancelled, and even the socials are up in the air. We first we had the 30-man rule, now we have the six-man rule. So we just had to be flexible and we've just had to try and alter little bits of the club. But no, I think we've done a, a decent job. I think, you know, in the summer we, we, we did some fundraising for the club and we raised some extra money. Um, in terms of the fixtures, we've actually had to create our own um, friendly leagues with 
with different unis like Imperial and Queen Mary's and, and whatnot. Um, so it's been tough, but I've got a really good committee and um, we all kind of, we're all committee members because we love the club. And I think for us, it's actually been a pleasure to, to, to lead it and to try and provide football um, for, for a lot of people. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good, but very challenging. <laughs> You were sort of initially torn between tennis and football. Now you played both, obviously, quite a lot. But why, why footy? Why not tennis? Um, yeah, I, I think you know, I came to I came to LSE and I played both sports in the past, and I knew I wanted to join some sport. But I didn't know which one. Uh, and it was, I went to both of the trials. I met I met the the members from each team and each sport, and it was pretty close. Like I, I didn't know. What I was thinking about, and for me, like tennis was probably the sport I took a bit more seriously. But for me, it was quite a time-consuming sport. It was probably getting worse. I was, I was a bit on the decline in terms of tennis, and I felt football was a lot was a bit less stressful for me and a bit time. more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I was getting pretty bad at tennis, and and, right. and with football it was a bit more relaxed. And I knew I could just uh, basically join a team, and it was basically like a last a last-minute decision. I had to just decide between the two. And I went with football for, for a number of different reasons. And I mean, what happened was that I messaged the, the social sec. This was about two weeks into uni. I, I messaged the social sec of football at the time, who's called Nick Davies. And I said to him, look, I've decided I, I'd love to join um, the football club. Um, which team should I join? And he literally just put my name in the committee group chat and said, which team needs this player? He plays centre-back. He's half decent. Who wants him? And it was just a lottery, and the the threes yeah. um, the threes ended up um, saying, "If you want, you can trial for us." You know, that, the rest is history. Got you on a free transfer. Uh, <laughs> An unknown Finchley boy. <laughs> unknown Finchley boy playing for the threes. No, I, I, I got very lucky because I think I think the threes was a good fit for me, and yeah. it could have been any team. I could have joined the sixes and played with you. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you wish, man. I would... Nah, <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do. But uh... no, you don't want me. You don't want me. <laughs> Interestingly, that we did uh, we did come up against each other on the pitch uh, once or twice. I think I was on the sidelines for the first game, uh, but I was watching with a pen in hand, and certainly uh, I was impressed with your performance. So much so that you actually were my man of the match in a, uh, in a very brief Beaver report. I'm very lucky. The one the one game you decided what that to meant to you and all that. <laughs> well, if you type if you type in Jamie Osborne on Google. It's- the only thing you'll find is a little beaver report written by Seth Rice. Uh, I think it was it was my first year, threes versus sixes. I think we won three 0 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think yeah, you were pretty. You, you you flattered me quite a lot. I mean, I think I think I've said this in the past. What I always do is I always downplay myself. So I'll if I'm doing an email to um, to the club or a Facebook post, I always sign it off as like the threes linesman or the threes fourth choice centre-back or just basically and always just have this like continuing um, story about how, how bad I am <laughs> and what I do so then when I actually play and I make one decent header and put in a half decent performance pass. everyone's like oh my god you, you can play <laughs> you can play yeah. football but uh, I, I, yeah so, so, so you're pretty generous for me there and I'm, I'm very lucky well, it's pretty deserved. it was, it was uh... <laughs> I think the next game, the, the the first ten minutes were really shaky, and we were sort of barking at you on the sidelines. <laughs> he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. Exactly, yeah. and then you settled in so well, and just I, I didn't make a peep for the rest of the game. But that was it was super impressive. It, it, it seems like you you really slot alongside some some you know some very good players in that team. 
you've been an Arsenal fan your whole life. And am I right in saying you have a season ticket or at least had one? Yeah, no, I've, I've been going for a long time. I've been going, I think, since 2005, which is the last year at wow. the old stadium. And I go, I go with, my, with my brother and my dad every week. And yeah, it's that, that, that's a big part of my childhood, going to those games. So it's, just, it's a big shame not being able to go. And it's weird. I, th- I think, you know, we're almost getting used to not watching the games. When we go again for the first time, it's going to be strange. For sure. No, I mean, it's certainly weird even sort of watching it from the couch, you know, and, and actually being able to hear the players. It, 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 it's yeah, just shout at each other and stuff. <laughs> But yeah, thankfully, my, my so my friend has a an Arsenal season ticket as well, uh, and so I've been. I, I never went to Highbury, obviously, but I went to to the Emirates a few times um, and saw some real beauties. Some less fortunate ones as a Liverpool fan. Uh, yeah, right. Ones here and there. Emirates, um, you know, they say the best 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 atmosphere in the country. They say, and no one says they that. Say that. No, no one else says that. <laughs> so, do you have a, a favorite game that you went to with your dad? Um, that's a good question. I think. To be honest, I think there's two games that come to mind. One home, one away. I think the home one was uh, one that all Arsenal fans will remember. And it was against Barcelona. And we won 2-1 with Andre Arshavin getting the winner. That was pretty cool. And um, <clears throat> I think the other one was, was probably my best game um, I've ever been to. It was it was a weird one because we literally we bought tickets for Arsenal versus Reading. Me, my brother and my dad, like a Carling Cup game away at Reading, thinking this is just going to be one of those, like, I don't know, nothing games. And we were 4-0 down um, in the thir- first, like, 35 minutes. And I think a few people had basically left to go back to London at that stage. And we somehow clawed it back. And we ended up winning 7-5. And scenes, mate, it was, it was big. I've, ne- not- I've, never been, I've never been so... I've never... I've never had those emotions in football. And it was against against Reading. I think there's something different about being in the away section than being in the home section. There's that added, like, adrenaline to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I remember watching that game at the time and just being amazed. You know, you see those games in Sunday League, those scores, rather. You don't see it. Was it Theo Walcott got a couple? Shamak got on the score sheets? I mean, to be honest, any game that Shamak scores in has got to be... Pretty special. Yeah, it was. Theo Walker scored a hat trick, and mm-hmm. Maro and Shamak got two. Not just one, he got two. And and good goal. Beauty, beauty at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Premier League at the moment, and and you mentioned the Champions League as well with uh, our Shavin. Um, I'm guessing you've heard about the new uh, so-called European Premier League. That uh, what is his name? Gianni Infantini, Infantino, the bald guy with the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just introduced. Um, I think he's he's sort of in talks about it. Would you watch it? What do you think? I I mean, I, I yes, I watch it because there's, there's a few decent teams there, I suppose. No, there's there's obviously um, like if if it becomes to fruition, like there, there's some good teams playing. I think people will watch it. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is potentially what's what's happening with the Premier League and the Champions League. Um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about it. I don't think everyone knows exactly what the negotiations are and what's happening. But I think, you know, it, it would be a little bit of a shame if they were if they were disrupting um, the league we already have to try and get some extra revenue for the clubs. Like, obviously, the idea is cool. Like, the top teams around Europe playing more fixtures against each other. Like, we love to watch those games. But, I mean, to honest, I think I need to, to know a little bit more about to say more. It just, yeah, it, yeah about it um i don't i i'd be ashamed to disrupt any history of of the, of the premier league for example 
for a league like that. But but we'll have to see what it what comes of it. To be honest, I think that's the trouble. You know, it's it's, it's very hard to say no to watching Bayern Munich play Liverpool twice <laughs> in one season, uh, guaranteed. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to forget the, the the magic of the Champions League, or or for that matter, the Prem. But I guess that you know people are trying to figure out what's you know what's best for everyone. I think we've spoken a lot about how you're managing to keep the club sort of united in this time. Um, obviously, given that people are sort of only socialising within their individual teams, it becomes a little more difficult getting to know people like yourself, Matty Haynes, the the social sec, Sam Taylor, the treasurer. Um, how, are you, how are you finding sort of keeping the club in that, you know, unified position? Yeah, it, it, it's really tough to be fair. Um, you know, usually we, we're seven teams, but we're one club. And this season it's felt like we're seven individual clubs, to be honest. Um, you know, the, the freshers who've, who've joined, most of them don't know each other. I don't know a lot of the new people who've joined. So when we have those inter-LSE games, like the twos versus the threes, for example, I think they've become really competitive and I think the the freshers think that we hate each other and I think that's not the case. I think I think we're all one club and we're all like a bit of a family and it just doesn't seem that way at the moment. And we're trying our best to, to try to integrate the teams, uh, but it's, it's really tough and with the guidelines, we have to follow them. That's the number one priority to keep our members safe. Um, we had a, a quite an interesting little group of six social plan where we we're going to get people to meet each other across teams and then the tier two stuff came in so it, it's been frustrating especially for our social sec matt haynes who's there's you know very little he can do i just hope that you know eventually this year we can start to put the teams together and and have a club because that's that's what we all love um, i mean that's what it's about isn't it it's, it's not about uh you're in this team you're in that team you know there's there's not that sort of anger or anything like i mean it comes out on the pitch in spurts yeah, but that's all part of it, and that's that's you know that stays on the pitch, and then and then you move on, and then you go out together. So I I mean that only just adds to your pressure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um we usually have a really good balance of people. You know, let's say Seth, you're in the sixes. You know, you bleed six, cut you open, you bleed sixes. Well, um, I can show you on camera if you. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you you know you're you probably say almost you're a member of, of men's football. Yeah, um, so there's, like, yeah. there's a great balance there's a great balance and I think the club has managed to, to strike the balance really well so we want to keep that going and I think in their freshest head they can't imagine it going to a social with all seven teams they just, it just, it, they just can't imagine it right now um, at the moment you know a team will have to see who's up for the social and then they, they probably have to uh, split into groups of six and sit outside and, and all these regulations we're having to keep to so I hope for their sake and for everyone else's sake as well that things go back to normality um, as, as, as soon as possible. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, no, I think it's so important for them. I mean, I remember when, when I was a fresher, it was, just, it was just knowing that you could speak to guys in other teams, knowing that you can meet them and, you know, get get lots of advice. I mean, if things were quite different back then anyway, I guess, um, back in the 80s. But... <laughs> I think I've already made that joke on this, actually. <laughs> so as an Arsenal fan and as a threes player, it seems like you sort of relish that underdog status. Is that fair? Are you saying the threes are underdogs always? <laughs> so <laughs> no, I um, response. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but what do you prefer? I, I, like, so when you're going into a game, are you, are you looking to 
as a player, sort of take the game to the opposition? Are you, are you sort of a, as I said, is it more of an underdog situation with you guys? You know, I, th- I think with the threes for us, you know, if we're playing the ones or the twos, we always try try to keep, I know this is saying something after after the game the other day, but trying to keep defensively solid and hope to nick a few goals. Yeah. Um, and we've done that well in the past. Like, you know, we played the twos twice last season and we beat them both times, which is why the other the result the other day was so shocking. Um, but we beat them twice last year and we, the way we did that was, was staying defensively solid and then getting a few goals um, where we could. And then when we're playing teams at our level or below, um, we like to dominate. We like to have the ball, uh, be the protagonists uh, <laughs> in the game. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not personally the best at the best with the ball. I prefer um, a cagey game physically, but I think the team itself, we we've got some good players technically. And we like to play around a bit. Yeah, it's good for. I think you know, looking at your sort of midfield and so on, they seem very sort of solid on the ball. So that must be so nice to have on these horrible uni league pitches. Players who can actually get the ball down and raise a bit of quality. Yeah, to be honest, the, the where LSE play at Berrylands is actually the pitches are pretty nice. I think we were very lucky. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. But Fulham Academy trained there, and uh, we went because we went for the first time uh, this term, and we see like there's like these like big tents, um, like these big tents with gyms, and like they're redoing the pitches. And I said to Steve, the grounds, I said, "What's going on?" He goes, "Well, because of COVID." Fulham can't actually um, facilitate all of their players and the academy players at the one facility. So the under-23s have now moved to Berrylands and they've built a whole gym and they've put wow. like, like a lot of money into a new irrigation system for the pitches, like 70 grand or something like that. Um, so yeah, so it's pretty cool. Unless you share the, share the same grounds as, as Fulham under-23s. Well, I think the inverse is also true, you know, under-23s sharing the same pitches. Jamie Osborne and Adam Ursel at the back. That's... Yeah, they don't, they don't know yet, but they're pretty lucky. They, they... <laughs> sure they do. <laughs> like, apparently they want to play the threes, like I heard somewhere along the line. I think they can uh, get in a very long line of people who want to play the threes after Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been asked by the fours, five, six and sevens for a game. Yeah, they all think yeah. we're rubbish, but no, we'll prove them wrong. We shouldn't let that game define us. And we played, oh, we played the ones, we played our first team the, the week before. And it was actually pretty close. Uh, it was a much, better, much, much better game. So I think we should focus on that one rather than us getting yeah. too down about the other result. But yeah, um, I was going to say, so we're lucky with our pitches. And then UCL, when we go play uh, their lower teams, we play at Hackney Marshes, which is a famous, um, famous like Sunday league football venue. Like hundreds of pitches all like uh, in one field. And they're just, they're tough to play on. They're rubbish pitches. And... I think we're lucky that we've got the pictures we've got. Yeah, no, definitely. It's just an absolute mud bath over there. I think <laughs> yeah. there are so many pictures, the sort of quality of the maintenance is spread very thinly over about 200. Yeah, you have seven very solid ones, and Steve does a great job. Yeah, they're, 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 they're really good guys, yeah. to be fair. And at the Hackney Marshes, you know it's going to be a scrappy game no matter what. I think we, we went with like, 10 men once we only had 10 people to play and we played i think ucl ucl red star two which is ucl's eastern european division they have two teams somehow they managed to get two teams together and we played them and it was just the scrappiest game i think i've ever played in outfit anyway yeah they've got showers there so it's all good and it's just yeah i yeah. think we all like covered by the end of it but um 
but yeah our guys can do a really good job and I think that's sort of something that's not spoken enough about how lucky we are with the pitches to be honest even though it is far away I think maybe that's part of the charm though it's like you're in London you're you're, you're in Hoban and to get out and to, to have some fresh air and, and play some sport is, is definitely the highlight of my weekend and no doubt the highlight of, of all our members yeah, weeks yeah. as well. But I think, you know, it, it does require so much effort. I mean, you're essentially writing off about seven hours, really, um, you know, considering travel, the fatigue after a game, which I'm really feeling at the moment. Um, yeah. You're cutting out a lot of time in the midweek and on the weekends. How, how does the sort of LSE men's football experience make it worth it? That's a really good question because I think, you know, when when we bring everyone up to trials and they see like how far away the pitches are and the first thing we say is, you know, we, we're expecting commitment Wednesdays to Saturdays. I think, you know, a lot of them think, and I thought as well at the time, you know, is this going to be something that's worthwhile? Um, and the answer is obviously yes, it's, it's definitely worthwhile. I think it, what it is is... is, is um, you're not just joining a football club, you're sort of joining like, it sounds cringy as hell, but it's a bit of a family. Um, I think, you know, you make your best friends in the club. Uh, you know there's going to be 80 to 100 um, guys who you can rely on for the rest of your life as well. There's the whole alumni network as well. Um, I, I, people are really nice and, and, and just, just good chat, really, uh, and, and love fun. Um, <laughs> I, I, to be honest, when we're not when we're not playing, uh, we're always hanging out. Obviously, this year's socials are a bit um, up in the air, but we've got some amazing socials usually. Whether it's like a pub crawl, or if it's a if it's a darts night or something like that, or if we're doing carol and getting getting uh, dressed up in costumes and stuff, it's just it really does make your make your year. And for me, it's been the highlight of my unique experience. So to give up my Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, for the for the club, you I mean, know, you're very happy I'm, to do. Yeah, very happy. Yeah. To, exactly. So I, I, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it really is. It's, it's been the highlight of, of my time here. Great. Yeah. How, how do you go about sort of convincing other people that it's worth it? Because that's yeah, that's I, a big job in itself. I mean, is it just a case of saying, you know, you come along, and if it's for you, you'll sort of naturally be inclined to to come on a Wednesday and Saturday, or is it does it have to be sort of more active? Look, I think, I think um, you know, it, maybe when you're talking to someone, it seems like a hard sell, but once you start playing twice a week, I think the reason why we maintain such a good membership base and the reason why we have such good commitment is because it genuinely is worth it. You know, you're at LSE, it's, it's a tough place to be. There's a lot of work, you're in London, and twice a week you get to go out and play some football um, with a really good group of people. Um, I, think it's, I think, you know, you get a few dropouts, I think the majority realise it's worth it, and you know, then probably about half of the pe- half of the members are more socially active members, and those are the people who really value their Wednesday nights um, with the club, um, yeah. and and that's great because I think, as I said at the beginning, there's I've, I've met a few people who, without without men's football, would would potentially struggle at LSE, and and what men's football does is it it gives you the, the fresh air and the exercise you need. And it also gives you a really uh, solid base of, of, of guys to hang out with um, on a regular basis and, and go to zoo and go to tons um, weekly. Obviously, that's not happening at the moment. But <laughs> yeah, the bigger, the bigger picture is, is, is that joining a club in any, any, in any way forms a really good base for your time at NFC. 
and then what you do um, at other times just eyes eyes on that yeah um, so. no absolutely but I, th I think something you really important that you highlighted there was that if maybe you're not so solid at the football side um, there are still roles sort of outside of that um, where you can sort of be involved and, and likewise if, if you're you can't commit to the the more social side but you still love your, you know, you're, you're good either way. In other words, yeah, we don't. When, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't get axed out of the club if you, if, sure. you don't, if you're not keen to do either. I've got a, there's a member, I won't say his name, but there's a member of my team who I've never seen someone so committed to the football. He'll be there right. every game, even if he's injured, he'll come to support. And he, you know, he'll come to some team socials, but he's not, he's not going to be there every week for the socials. But you know, he loves, he loves the football aspect, and that's great, and 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 we love that. And yeah. then I think you know, there there are members. For example, there was a general course student who came last year, and I think he joined your team. He joined the Sixes, right, and, yeah. and he was more of a social member. And I think he come he's come from the states for a year, and he's joined the team. And I think he loved every minute of it. And I think um, that was probably the best decision he made to come join. I think he he was at the trials, and I don't think he was he was quite at the level to play necessarily. And he kind of I think I'm sure he'd accept that as well. You know, obviously, I think he was more of a baseball guy. But no, I think yeah, yeah. I think you, you know the story better than me. Like what what he came and said to you at that trials. It was great, man. It, it was it was one of the nicest things I've heard. He just he just sort of came over and was just like, you know, what's up, guys? I'm not you know great at football, but uh, that American accent's gonna have to go. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just it was just so nice to have someone come up to you and it sort of made me think differently about how we approach people, you know, or how you might approach people just, just because. You know, there would have been a lot of people who maybe were too afraid to come up and say, look, I really am keen to join. So I think ensuring that it's, you know, nice and inclusive at trials, as best as you can, it's just so, so important. And yeah, you know, yeah. likewise, there are often someone sort of dropping off on the social side. I think it's, you know, with an understanding that, you know, we're all at uni, we're all super busy and it is a big commitment. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know doing both week in, week out is not for everyone. It's something it's that you know we have to understand, uh, especially because you know we need to maintain having um, big squads for seven teams. I think mm. you know we, we we're the only club that plays two or tries to play fourteen fixtures a week. So that's seven seven teams playing twice a week. So yeah, I think I think I think you know having that diversity uh, of people who like the football, people who like the social, and people who like both kind of makes it a perfect club in that regard. And yeah. I don't think I'd change anything to be honest. We spoke about your sort of, I wouldn't say hesitation, but, you know, your decision between tennis and football. Was there any such hesitation when you joined the sports business group? Or was that a more clear-cut, <clears throat> I'm sold? Oh, I think that was a bit of a more clear-cut thing. Um, the way it happened, the story is that... No one competing for you this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly. Uh, no trial. <laughs> the, what, the story is that uh, it, was, it was in, I think, Christmas last year and I got word that Rafe was starting up this uh, um, the group and as soon as I heard about it I basically called Rafe up and Rafe does my course so I knew him quite well and I said look this is something I want to be involved in let's have a chat about it and as soon as we came back after exams I think the day after the exams in January um, he called me up and uh, we met up and he told me what was happening where he was at he told me that he wanted me to come and be the secretary and 
yeah, haven't looked back since. And it's been a really, really good um, project yeah. to be involved yeah. in trying to start the society. So, so what drew you to it? I mean, why, why are you particularly interested in the, the, the world of sports business? Um, yeah, it's, um, I think, to be honest, there's a couple of couple of things in that. And these, you know, these initial interests have probably wanted me to contact Rafe and get involved in society. I think, firstly, a big interest of mine is um, I'm interested in how governments and sporting bodies in many growing economies are starting to focus on increasing um, like physical activity, either for physical or mental well-being or even financial reasons, trying to get sport to come in um, uh, to, their, to their countries. Um, I think that's, that's pretty cool and it's something I read a lot about. Um, I think another thing is someone who's really into their football, I find the rise of the women's game incredibly exciting. And I'm looking forward to see that journey and see the impact that has on the game of football and society as a whole. And I think there's more to come from that. So those are a few trends that, that I'm, I'm interested in and looking at uh, with a close eye. Um, and, and yeah, I think every, everyone in the society has their own their own stuff that they're interested in. What one person, one committee member in their in their interview basically talked about how they're interested in what athletes do after they've retired yeah, and yeah. They go on to do for society and uh, and stuff like that so, so that you know everyone's got mm. their own niche